Rachel Hollitz once said that I cannot continue to live as half of myself simply because it's hard for others to handle all of me. As the Women's Basketball National Championship is quickly approaching, I wanted to feature the conversation that I was able to have with Marie Tyrell of Colorado State University in regards to their student-athlete development program that they have for their female student-athletes titled Rambition. Key points in this conversation include why the Rambition program was created, how females in specific can pursue multiple passions, and the impact of being a and and not an or based off of Jen Welter's book. And lastly, the impact that having a panel of distinguished female professionals can have on the mindset of female student athletes to really tap into their potential and unleash it however they choose to. Now tune in and welcome to the Jack of All Trades podcast. Alrighty, so on today's episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast, I am fortunate enough to interview Marie Tyrell from Colorado State University, who is an athletic academic advisor, as well as the primary contact for the majority of student-athlete development programming that goes on within their institution. Um, Today's call specifically is going to be focusing in on their Rambition program which is a program focused in on female student-athletes to help them really explore their passions and empower them to reach new heights. So without further ado, let's welcome Marie Tyrell to the show. How's it going, Marie? It's going well. Um, How are you, Jack? Everything is going great, you know. So can you give us a uh, some more of of an introduction of who you are, what type of work you're doing for the athletes that you serve, and just what your purpose is so far at at Colorado State? For sure. So um, I'm just finishing up my fifth year here at Colorado State, which is wild when I start to think about it. Um, But it's been an exciting process here uh, working um, under Dr. Blanche Hughes, who is our Vice President for Student Affairs, and then working in collaboration with our athletics department to support our student athletes here at CSU. Um, like you mentioned, I do have a dual role where I serve as an academic advisor as well as coordinating student athlete development programming. I will say that our office, I think, does an excellent job of being really integrated with those two different areas. and all of our academic advisors kind of jump in and help with our programming, um, whether it's we have a four-year career plan for all of our student athletes to do some career and professional development, or we have um, traditional leadership programming like our SAC, in addition to identity-based leadership programming like our John Mosley Leadership Program for our student athletes of color, and as you mentioned, Rambition for our female student athletes. And so um, keeps me very busy, but it is an exciting um, opportunity to really dig into the lives of our student athletes on different levels and to help them kind of see themselves as more than athletes, but also more than students and to explore um, who they are as people. And so that's really what gets me going every day. Awesome. You know, it really comes down to that mission 
And, you know, you mentioned the fact that you've been at Colorado State for a little over five years now, um, but take us way back. And when you first entered this industry, why did you want to enter the academics and student-athlete development space? For sure. Um, I uh, My background is actually in um, sociology, and I've always been really passionate about trying to um, – fight against structures of like oppression and uh, exploitation and things like that. And I randomly got into student athlete academic support as a tutor for sociology. And in that space, I've really, um, I'm really passionate about making sure that universities follow up on their commitment to student athletes to provide them um, more than an education, to provide them um, an opportunity to really better themselves and put themselves uh, forward to uh, be able to make a difference both in their lives and in the lives of the people beyond them. I think that uh, athletics can have a tendency to recruit a bunch of young men and women to a school, ask them to do a whole heck of a lot, and then um, pat themselves on the back when they say they got a free or reduced price degree. Um, and I think that we owe them much more than that with the amount of um, time and energy and um, effort that they put in to represent our schools. And so I've always been really passionate about education, but I wanted to make a difference in um, sort of like the educational structures and landscape in college athletics. Awesome. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned is the fact that getting a, getting a degree is great, but what else are we going to be doing to provide a service to them that can really help propel their future forward? And, uh, you know, one of the things that you guys do at Colorado State so well is programming when you as yourself are working in a dual role capacity. A lot of people tend to struggle with that at non-Power 5 institutions and especially because of the fact that the academic piece takes up so much time. So how do you effectively manage working in both academics and student-athlete development? Uh, that's a funny question. Um, honestly, I feel like that's kind of asking like a working mom, how do you do it all? Uh, and I think the answer is you don't. If anybody has figured out how to effectively manage working in both areas, I hope that they call you and get themselves on this podcast so we can all learn from them. Um, the fact of the matter is uh, putting effort into one area essentially makes it so you miss things in other areas. I think that um, I'm blessed to have a limited caseload here at CSU, which has really helped me to focus in my efforts on planning meetings and um, brainstorming and things like that for um, student-athlete development. And I think other ways that we do it is we collaborate a lot on campus. Um, basically, every program that our office is a part of is also put on with the help of offices across campus, whether it's the Career Center, um, our Black African American Cultural Center, our Athletics Diversity and Inclusion Office. Um, that burden of that program is a shared burden, um, which definitely takes some of the burden off me and our staff as well. 
Um, but, I mean, I thought about it last week. We had a really wild week with a huge um, career dinner uh, and then helping out with our multicultural undergraduate research forum. And I felt like I didn't have enough time for some of my students. And so I really try to make sure that I stay on top of my text so my students know that I care about them and that I make time wherever I am so that they can come and maybe meet with me on campus instead of in my office and different things like that. You just have to start to be flexible um, and try to figure it out. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, like, you can't do it all, and so you have to really prioritize and figure out a way to make everybody feel like they are the most important thing in that moment that you do have with them. Right. That's so critical because at the end of the day, I mean, what types of programming are, are we putting on and are they fitting the needs of our athletes? And more specifically, is there types of programming going on on campus that can correlate with the types of programming that we're trying to accomplish at our institutions to really levy that, that workload to fit the right type of balance? And you know, there are different types of demographics, and you mentioned the fact that there's an African-American and black student-athlete center on campus, and you guys have a student-athlete development program catered towards them. But for the focus in on this podcast, it's really focusing in on the Rambition program, and it's for female student-athletes. And why do you believe that it's important for females specifically to have programming developed for them? That's a great question. Um, I think the fact of the matter is we are in a very hyper-masculine uh, environment when it comes to athletics. Um, just thinking through uh, who gets to show up on um, TV, who gets tweeted more, who gets more resources when it comes to money um, and that sort of thing. I think that all of those things tell, even if it's not directly, they might tell our student, our female student athletes indirectly that they are not as important as our male student athletes. And I think that in order to counteract that, you have to be very intentional and um, about putting resources into your female student athletes and letting them know that they are important and they um, are doing great things for your university. And at CSU, some of our female programs, our, our women's programs are some of our most successful programs. Thinking of like our women's volleyball team and um, making sure that those women see themselves as full student athletes and that they can start to talk about the things that are important to them and that help them process that in a space that is made for them, um, which athletics won't inherently have, I think you have to be really intentional about it. And I think that's part of the reason that this program came about. And the intentionality about it is so key because female athletes, you know, it's a no brainer that everybody knows that when it comes to the pay gap, it's unfairly scrutinized that NBA players make more than debut NBA players. That's just one prime example. Another one is men's soccer compared to women's soccer just in the United States. Our men's soccer national team is nowhere near as good as our women's soccer national team. And, you know, there's different types of things in there that really need to be strategized to really highlight the value 
of females. And, you know, speaking about that, what types of factors do you think need to go into building programming for both female student athletes and then also just the female staff within a athletic department? For sure. Um, I think one thing that we really try to do is um, approach any of our programming with an intersectional lens in the sense that um, a lot of programming for women has come from a very white feminist perspective, and that only talks about really one type of woman. And I think one of the strengths of the, woman, the female side of the athletics department is that we have all types of women. We have women of color. We have women in the LGBTQ community. We have women who um, present feminine. We have women who are maybe non-binary um, all over the place. And so what we want to do is we really try to think about um, how can we, when we put together discussion questions, when we think about the types of activities that we're doing, um, when we think about the spaces that we bring our women to, how can we make sure that they're as inclusive as possible and they make everybody in that room feel like they are spoken to? Um, and then how then can we also help our female student athletes and staff learn from each other in that space as well? Um, and I think that that's one thing that you can always improve upon. Um, but we work really hard to make sure that we have multiple perspectives on our administrative team. We try to recruit for diversity in our student leadership team. Um, and I think that you have to, and you also have to make things fun, right? You have to make people want to show up to your events. Um, none of our things are absolutely mandatory for student athletes um, unless coaches decide that they want to require it. Um, and so we try to do fun things like movie nights. and. Um, service projects and things like that where we know that they'll show up and then once they show up then how do we kind of like trick them into learning about leadership and hopefully seeing themselves in a different way and so um, I feel like I talked around a few different things there but hopefully that answers your question. It does yeah so you know making sure that their voices are heard and you know providing great leadership tools that they can utilize as well as making it a fun and meaningful experience is really one of the things that is essential in any type of programming. And, you know, you guys do that really, really well, um, specifically with the Rambition program. So can you please describe the Rambition program in more detail? For sure. Um, so I kind of, spoken about these two different groups in my last answer, but what we do is we have it split up into, we have an administrative team, which in, includes um, professional staff, so it includes myself, it includes our SWA, um, our Senior Associate AD for Diversity and Inclusion, our Assistant Director for that, um, a strength coach, a um, sport coach, so we get a lot of different feedback there, and we come together every summer and kind of start to think about, okay, what are we, what are our goals for the year and what are some of the things that we want to accomplish. Um, and then in addition to that, we have our student leadership team. And so that's a group of anywhere from eight to 12 of our female student athletes who um, have applied to be a part of the program. 
and they um, essentially, they do the work. So our admin team is there to kind of help guide them through the process, but we really want it to be a program by them and for them. And so um, they put on um, all of the events. They do most of the planning for that. Um, and what a typical year looks like, I would say, is we have a big um, kind of welcome back kickoff in the fall where the leadership team will talk about what sort of the theme for the year is. So they always pick a theme that they try to weave throughout all of our programming. Um, and then in September, October, they usually do a big movie night where we go to a local movie theater and we play um, a movie. A lot of times, um, a couple years ago, we did this really great nine for nine documentary called Let Them Wear Towels about um, women reporters getting access to post-game post locker room interviews uh, and then have some great discussion afterwards. Uh, we'll do a community service project in the fall, and then um, we really start to switch gears and build up to our big event in the spring, which is our Power of Perceptions panel, um, where we bring in women from um, varying identities and varying career fields to kind of talk about their um, processes of um, in moving up in their different fields and what issues they face. And, just try to help our um, student-athletes kind of see themselves in a professional and how to get there. Um, and so, kind of, and that's really our big sort of finale event that um, our student-athletes put on. And so there's always there's a few things throughout the year that we try to continually kind of get in there. Um, we'll also, and we always try to think about personal development, career development, and leadership development, as well as community engagement. So just trying to figure out what those different things look like each year and kind of building into our female student-athletes. And that's awesome. So it's really providing them practical experiences that really relate them to others to kind of set a different type of tone, which is great to see. Um now, in the very beginning, why was this program developed? You know, I think I might be the worst person to ask this question to. Um, when I got here five years ago, Rambition was already in its second or third year. Um, but I do know that at the time, we had a um, an assistant strength coach. We had our... Um, associate AD for compliance who really realized that there wasn't that much going on both in the athletics department for staff and in our student-athlete population um, to bring female student-athletes together and so I think a lot of it at the beginning was to kind of get our women to come together and meet women from other teams and really support each other and kind of like lean in and dig in um, with one another and then it's just kind of blossomed from there into um, now it's not just a social component now um, there's professional um, development and leadership development and things like that and so uh, I would say at the beginning it kind of started in that like okay where we saw a gap in um, community for our female student-athletes but then how could we then leverage that um, lack of a gap to more meaningful programming. Right, to really just bridge that gap of female empowerment. 
And mm-hmm. one of the things you mentioned when you were describing their ambition program is that you guys have a student athlete leadership team that is the core functioning unit of this program with the support of the administrative team. And you mentioned that it was a application process. <laughs> Can you delve more into what that application process looks like? Because I think that that is something that is needed. It's not just a um, anybody can join, and that person that wants to become that wants to be a leader hasn't really shown a past history of wanting to be a wanting to be a leader. So how so how do you guys you know really hone in on this application based process to Rambition? Yeah. So um, what we do is we start in the spring at our events talking about um, how we are hoping to um, get applications for the coming year. We kind of send that out um, via email to all of our student athletes, and we have our academic coordinators really reach out to coaches and to their teams to figure out who might be good fits for the program and really encourage them to apply. Um, The application itself is pretty simple. Um, It just asks some information about them and uh, where they are in school, if they've participated in any of the the previous year's Rambition events. Um, We ask them to define what they think Rambition is for them um, and also ask them about what are some of the skills that they can bring to the table and what are some of the skills that they really want to work on and develop um, so they can kind of enter that space in more of like a growth mindset. And so that's pretty much what the application itself looks like. We gather those, and then from there, um, what we've done is we will do um, group interviews. And so what we we schedule, like, two or three sessions, depending on the number of um, applicants, and we'll bring in maybe three uh, student-athletes at a time, and we'll do a group interview where we expect them to – professionally and prepare some remarks and we'll have them kind of go around the table and talk through some of our questions about what is leadership what does that look like who was a good mentor in your life um, things like that just to see kind of where their mind is in terms of leadership and how they think that they can fit into um, the program and then um, Thankfully, from there, because we've kept our leadership team pretty flexible on the number, um, most students who have completed an application and who have persevered through the interview process, um, we haven't had to get to a point where we've had to say no to a student athlete. Um, But a lot of times, I think sometimes just having those layers automatically weeds out some of the students who maybe weren't or weren't ready for that opportunity at that time. Um, and so then from there, our leadership team will meet in August and they'll start to think about what the upcoming school year is going to look like. And we try to get a good mix of um, sports, like I said, um, identity, and also um, class level. So then we're not going to have like a huge attrition of knowledge after the after a senior class leaves or something like that. That's great how 
you know, they really have to seize the opportunities. I mean, it's one thing is applying, but the next thing is, you know, really showing up to the table in the group interview type settings. And it, like you said, it, it, it weeds it out automatically. Okay. And uh, another thing you mentioned was that each year there is a theme to Rambition. Um, one of the things that you mentioned to me previously was that this year's theme is titled Be and and not an or, based off of Jen Welter's book, Play Big. And Jen Welter, for those that don't know, is the first professional assistant coach within the NFL who started off her coaching career with the Arizona Cardinals under Bruce Arians' staff and now is this type of icon that really sets the difference and it allowed the other females to really seize opportunities, most recently with the Tampa Bay Bucks hiring two female assistant coaches. But Mm -hmm. just for the purpose of this conversation, um, why was this theme specifically chosen? Yeah, so it – We came to it um, not super intentionally, actually. Last year in our um, Power of Perceptions panel, Dr. Natalie Phillips, who is a professional audiologist um, and is also um, CEO for Connect for Excellence, she um, was talking about some of the work that she does in connecting um, women in various business settings and some of the personal development that she does on her own. And she actually brought up Jen's book and um, the quote, uh, be an and, not an or. And it was a very powerful moment in that space. And our student-athletes really um, sort of jumped on that. And we saw it, like, popping up on some of our social media. And it just seemed really powerful. And so we decided, we're like, okay, we think that this is something that we can run with and that – we think we can really leverage in the coming year to try to help our student athletes um, see themselves as more than just one thing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And that's how powerful that panel seems to be. So mm-hmm. even if you know people within the industry, they don't have a full-on yearly model for female student athlete development programming. One of the things that I would recommend is doing one of these types of panels because so many powerful things can come about from it. Um, Now, I know personally how I would define the theme, but for those that aren't familiar with Jen Welter's book, what does the title of this year's theme signify? Really, for what we have been talking about this year with our student-athletes is it's be more, um, be more than, uh, you can be a student and you can be an athlete and you can be a chemist and you can be a poet and you can be a daughter and you can be, um, a partner. Um, you can be a teammate, you can be a captain. Uh, there's all these different things that, um, for female student athletes can be. And I think that to puts women in boxes a lot to decide, like, okay, what are the things that I'm allowed to be? But we really want our student-athletes and our female student-athletes specifically to know, like, 
No. You don't have to choose. You can go out and be both. You can go out and be many things. Um, and we really want our students to start to think of themselves in those different ways and start to get out, out of some of that identity foreclosure space and um, start to celebrate who they are. And I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, one of my favorite people to listen to um, recently had an international bestseller called Girl, Go Wash Your Face. Uh, Rachel Hollis really defines what it means because society for years has taught women specifically that, you know, they can't pursue the same type of opportunities as males. And that is completely false because why can't they? I mean, and that's why I think that this program is so great. And the title of, of, of this year's theme is so relevant because go pursue what you want and take, take hold of it and really own it. Um, now, you mentioned some of the other events that you guys have, um, but how were the events specifically selected? So the movie night, the community service, and then the panel. Yeah, so um, we've kind of gotten into a rhythm throughout the years now of deciding, okay, we're going to have a movie night, we're going to have a service project, we're going to um, do this panel, and so that makes it helpful, definitely, when we're like, okay, we have an idea of what's going on, and then we're able to give a lot of um, leeway to our leadership team to try to decide what those different projects look like. Um, so, like this past year, we, uh, the administrative team went out and we found three or four um, movies that uh, were about um, women in education or women empowerment and different things like that. Um, and then we were able to bring those to our leadership team and they got to choose what the movie was going to be, which I think is also a really great way of making sure that there is engagement and there is buy-in from our student athletes. Cause the fact of the matter, like I'm only going to become older and older than our student athletes and not going to know like what they find exciting. And so, um, by engaging with your leadership team, I think it makes it a lot more meaningful for all the student athletes in attendance. Um, and then sometimes we also just have wild ideas that get thrown out there and then we make them happen. We have some really um, big picture, uh, wild idea people on our admin team. And so uh, a couple years ago, we actually did a fashion show um, that was about the do's and don'ts of professional workplace attire. So we would have, so our, and our student athletes got to be the model. So they went up and we talked about business casual and we had a good example and a bad example. Um, and then we had um, athletic staff members at each of the tables and we led small group discussions about um, where do you find an affordable blazer in Fort Collins? Like how do you, um, do your hair or your makeup and things like that? Do you even have to do that? And having conversations that um, I think happen informally um, between women, but being able to really throw that out there and talk about that was really cool. Um, and then like this past year, even we were like, okay, we need to do a service project. And one of our um, soccer players actually uh, knew about um, a blanket making 
um, company where we were able to get a bunch of materials shipped in and then make these blankets that then went to a local children's hospital. And so I think giving your student athletes um, some credit that they have good ideas and then kind of just running with it and saying no a little less often and just hoping for the best. And I think sometimes like exciting things happen in that space, but a lot of places aren't necessarily willing to be like, okay, this is a little crazy, but we're going to do it and see what happens. And I think sometimes that's where the magic happens is in that, that area. Yeah. The magic definitely happens there because at the end, at the end of the day, these programs are built for the athletes. Mm-hmm. So give them the voice, right? And that's one of the things that every single program should really focus in on because then the buy-in is always going to be there. Um, and this is the last question that I have regarding the Rambition program specifically, and I kind of wanted to delve more into the panel that you guys have, which is the power of perceptions. And you mentioned that you bring in successful women from various fields, Um <clears throat> And, you know, they talk about the obstacles that they face as well as the strengths they find in themselves as women. Um, what have been some of the common obstacles and, and strengths that they've shared, and how have those made an impact on the student-athlete population at CSU? For sure. Um, I think that – and we also try to bring in um, women from – very male-dominated areas as well, and so um, we try to talk about, like, okay, what does it mean to be the first or the only um, woman in your office or in your district or what that looks like, and I would say that in the same way that women can be so diverse, their answers are always super diverse as well, but I think that what they do do is they find that um, there's always strength in their difference. Um, The fact that they can bring a unique perspective to the table when they're in like a C-suite type conversation and they think like a woman and that can make some people in that office feel uncomfortable or be like, oh, never thought of the stuff that way before. But then they're able to think of that as a strength and bringing that strength and diversity of thought to the table. Um, And I think that that is one thing that is really powerful for our student-athletes to hear, that um, their voice and their way of thinking is important to do that. Um, But then they also talk a lot about having strength in um, support networks as well. And so we talk a lot about um, women supporting women, but also in that space we talk a lot about having key um, male stakeholders who are – your cheerleaders as well, and being able to um, leverage sort of some of their power and their privilege to make your voice stronger um, and figuring out who those people are in your life and start building those networks so then um, we all stand on the shoulders of somebody. And so figuring out who that is and who sort of your people are um, is something that consistently comes out of that. Um, and it's just it's a really neat event because we always open it up to like a Q&A portion um, for our student athletes. And I think as an admin team, we're always really worried that there's just going to be crickets. Um, but we have never had that happen yet. Um, most of the time we have to cut off of our, our female student athletes and be like, okay, y'all, like, 
the panel's over. You can stay after and talk with these women and learn more about them and connect with them. Um, and I feel like we're always kicking people out of their room because they don't want to stop having those conversations. And so um, I think that that is a really good example of hopefully a good program. Yeah. And it is. And, you know, for every single female out there, I mean, it's really important to leverage the identity strengths and abilities that are genetically founded within the biological makeup of a female as well as just a male and just be supportive of that and, you know, let their voice be heard, um, which is one of the things that, you know, this power of perception panel seems to do very, very well. Um, now this last piece is really going to focus in on more of just you as a professional Marie and what types of things you have learned. Um, so the first question is what's one word that women need to hear more of and why? Hmm. I think I would say that one word is enough, meaning that you are enough. Uh, I think that women try so hard to reach certain standards, whether it's of beauty, of character, of um, the way they hold themselves, and I think if we knew in our hearts more and believed more that we are enough, that we'll be able to show up in any space and be strong and be proud. Um, so, yeah, enough. That's awesome. That's so great. And then the next question is, where does your passion stem from to inspire women? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think that living in, this is going to be my, like, so nerddom coming out, living in, like, a highly patriarchal society, um, women are told in media, in word, in anything that, like, they can't do certain things. And I think as a young child, I constantly had mentors around me who told me I could do things, and... I was smart enough and good enough and strong enough to do things. Um, and so it breaks my heart when I see our female student-athletes um, not feel that way. And so I think that despite the huge systems of oppression in the United States, I think that athletics and especially CSU athletics is my own little sphere of influence and microcosm of trying to kind of right those wrongs and build up the people that I'm proud of and who are um, ready to go out and take the world on if they just knew that they could. I think that's so great. It's that whole mindset thing is, you know, just take on what you want to take on and build a good enough name and reputation for yourself that people are going to have to say yes a lot more and they find it way harder to say no to anything that you want to do. Not something that you guys do and you specifically do very, very well, it seems like. Um, and the next question is if you could give student athletes three lessons to elevate their life, what would they be and why? Whew. 
with some hard-hitting questions. Um, I would say to be hungry, be humble, and be human. Um, and what I mean by that is I want my student-athletes to set lofty goals for themselves and to believe that they can do it. But I also want them to acknowledge that they don't know everything because I think that's the first step to being able to move forward towards goals and to surround themselves with people who know the things they don't and make themselves stronger. And then also the last part is just to be gentle with themselves and give themselves some grace. Like we're all humans. We're all going to make mistakes at some times. We're all going to fail. Um, it's just, are you going to fail forward or are you going to give up? And so, um, yeah, be hungry, be humble, and be human. I think you hit it dead on with those. And on the flip side, what are three lessons that you are currently or have learned from the student athletes that you serve daily? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to break it down into just three. Um, I would say, I think the first thing that pops up to my mind is that like people are way stronger than you think they are. They can go through hell and come out on the other side a wonderful human being. Um, and so I find that very inspirational. Um, I would also say like time is a social construct. Like the idea that you're ever too busy, I think of some of the things that my student athletes do on a daily basis when it comes to practice and class and research and um, jobs and everything. And I'm like, I'm just watching Netflix tonight. So I think like not allowing myself to use time as an excuse. Um, and then also just be true to yourself. Um, it's really cool to see, uh, I think working in like the 18 to 22 year old group, since we don't have as many non-traditional students, is a really special place to see people kind of figure out who they are and get excited about that. And I think that I don't ever want to lose that excitement about me figuring out who I am because it's a journey regardless of whether you're 18 or you're 35 or 70 or however old. Um, and exactly. I wanna, yeah, so just always being excited about finding out something new about myself. Yeah, because, I mean, there's so many lessons on a day-to-day -day basis of life and, uh, you know, you can learn so much from the people that you interact with. And that's kind of, in my opinion, the best tool to use to gain new knowledge and mm -hmm. also stay relevant because of the fact that, you know, we might be getting older, but the population that we serve continues to stay at a constant six to eight, right? So, <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> Final three questions is, uh, what's the legacy that you wish to leave? I would hope that um, people say that I tried my darndest to honor the humanity of every single person I interacted with. Um, period. Done. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, you do that, and I want to give you some acknowledgement before I ask the final two questions and the fact that, you know, you don't use 
time as an excuse because you are in a dual role such as myself, but yet continue to build great programs and just really elevate the life of female student athletes at CSU, as well as other types of student athletes as well. And it's really just the beacon of inspiration for those to just get to know you and connect with you. So with that being said, where and how can people connect with you more? Um. <laughs> That's a great question. I am horrible at social media. I do have um, a Twitter handle. It's just at Marie Tyrell. Um, but I think the best way is if you just want to shoot me an email. I try my darndest to stay on top of my email. And um, if you're ever in the northern Colorado area, would love to go grab a cup of coffee, anything like that. If we're um, at a conference together, don't hesitate to come up and say hi. You'll see me at breakfast early in the mornings at N4A as opposed to at um, dinner late at night, just FYI. Awesome. So take note of that audience. She's a morning person, so just be aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this is the Jack of All Trades podcast, How to Live Life with Virtue. And virtue to me is defined as values that inspire the readiness to transform one's own understanding of excellence so just based off of you and your own definition what is your definition of virtue and how can people you know live that fully each day i the thing that comes to mind for me is just congruence is not only knowing what your values are and what you stand for but then making sure that you're living those out every day um, so I guess first step is to think on that and figure out what your values are and then think about how you're going to exemplify those in your life um, each and every day. Awesome. You know, just always just be in total alignment with, with your values is so key. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you, Marie, for being on the show. And um, I look forward to me. keeping up with the Rambition program. Great. Yeah. And if anything in the future, um, please let me know. Awesome. Thanks so much, Marie. Have, have a great day. You too. Thank you for checking out this podcast on the crucial topic of having women pursue their ambitions, regardless of the unfair constructs developed by societal norms. As always, this podcast was developed to spread my passion of student-athlete development with those that embody the same desire that I have to foster and cultivate success amongst the student-athletes we serve so that they can pursue life to the fullest extent. I truly appreciate you listening in on this episode, and until next time, continue to live a life full of virtue.